Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 168 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I- I'm doing fine, Joe, but we are on the clock, so let's uh, let's just go ahead and get right to the voicemails, maybe do some plugs and get out of here. Uh, Steelers are playing right now, man. We gotta <laughs> the, go. <laughs> the Steelers. All right. And now, I don't know nothing about no football. You know that. And this is not a football podcast. Not yet. I'll, I'll speed things up. Okay. On one condition. Yep, go for it. And if you lie, I will check. <laughs> All right. Are the Steelers playing the Raiders? Uh, they are not. They are playing the Vikings. If they were playing the Raiders, I would have said, All right, we'll wrap things up for that. Does it count or help that the Steelers are playing one of the many rivals of the Raiders? <laughs> well, being that every team in the uh, NFL is a crosstown rival of the Raiders, then I'll say no. It has to be the actual Raiders themselves. Ah, oh, damn it. No, no. The Steelers, I think the Steelers lost to the Raiders early in the season. I, and it was actually, I had told Todd that he was allowed to come over if he was on his best behavior. And he was. So, uh, but yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are getting some real uh, whatever out of the uh, the NFL red zone ticket or whatever the hell it's called, you know? Oh, the, the Sunday ticket. Yeah, I, I bought that. Like, me and Todd went halvesies on that, and the joke's on me because I've used it twice all season. I, I've I've worked pretty much every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So he's getting his money's worth out of it. Right. Well, that's really all that's that's important is that Todd's doing well. Yes, that's that's what people – people always call me up, and they'll be like, hi, Adam, how's Todd doing? And I'm like, yes. oh, good, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, listen, sometimes the script gets a little rearranged in the show. So let's get right into. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So I don't know if that was me or you that caused it to hiccup like that. It wasn't me. I have gigabit internet. Okay. It's all, all right. I need. It's all on me. All right. Yeah. So this day in wrestling history uh, was the very first uh, ECW December to Dismember in 1995. Uh, show was not released on a uh, you know VHS home release. It was all chopped up for uh, TV episodes. Uh, sadly, really a nothing happening show other than. Uh, in a triple threat match, the Sandman defeated Mikey Whipwreck and superstar Steve Austin to regain the ECW World he- Heavyweight title. I think I, I remember watching, you know, be, watching TV at this time and just being like super upset that Steve Austin wasn't getting the strap. Obviously not knowing, you know, that he was just uh, making a pit stop on his way elsewhere. But I, I really wanted to see a Steve Austin ECW championship run. Yeah, Um, I kind of sort of figured it wasn't going to happen, even not being like a dirt sheet reader at the time. He didn't feel like he was long for the world of ECW. Mm -hmm. Um, This was him essentially debuting the look like this, uh, this taping, this ECW arena thing uh, was him debuting the ringmaster look with the black tights and the white boots and the the buzz cut, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he does this match. He does one more promo on TV, and then, like, literally a week later, they're doing debut vignettes for the Ringmaster on W on WF TV. Yeah, yeah. It all it, it feels like it was it was definitely a blink and you'll miss it run. You know, I think it lives more on through our nostalgia. Like we have that, 
you know, you feel like when you're watching all the, 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 the interviews of him doing the Monday NyQuil stuff that it felt like it went longer. Yeah. And th- and this this exit interview is a good one too. Like you know, he kind of looks like the Steve Austin that we would know. He's like wearing like a, a camouflage jacket. Uh, he's talking about the 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 stuff that the fans were chanting at him, and he's like, "I'm going to be the superstar I always knew I would be." And uh, he didn't get the Barry job like some other people on this show did. Uh, the Heavenly Bodies, uh, in between stints uh, in the World Wrestling Entertainment and whatever. They do a matchup here where they take on the public enemy, which was like a big dream match at the time. Uh, match only ends up being clips. It was supposed to be a longer program, but Tom Pritchard ends up going back to the World Wrestling Entertainment as Zip, the other half of the body Donna's. And they proceed to bury him on TV for like the next like several weeks about it. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but again, so, you know, we're still in, uh, you know, this is like kind of like the golden era of ECW. There's still some stumbling block, like I'd say this card was. Uh, but the next time that we talk about an ECW arena show is going to be like the first week of January. And that's House Party, which is where the public enemy leave. And that's a, a big show. Tons of big debuts. And uh, I know I'm a big fan of late 94 to 95. But you could, like, kind of pick up, like, from 96 up to the pay-per-view in 97 is, like, the peak of ECW. Yeah, I'm looking at this card listing, and there's still a lot of names on here that I don't quite recognize. You know, uh, like Bruiser Mastino and El Puerto Ricano or whatever. El Puerto Ricano, how dare you? Sorry. So, I mean, we're not quite – we're tiptoeing on my – being completely engulfed in ECW. So I feel like maybe the following year you can read down a match card and I'll know every single person, yeah. you know? So Bruiser Mastino uh, would, in a few months in the World Wrestling Entertainment, be better known as Mantar. Oh, okay. The the ancient, uh, like the, the second cousin twice removed of the boar. Yes. <laughs> uh, so also on this day in wrestling history in 2001... Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held uh, their uh, Vengeance pay-per-view from San Diego, California. Uh, interesting card for historical purposes. Uh, there's a really good Undertaker versus Rob Van Dam match for the hardcore title. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, uh, it's a good match, but it's also like them punishing RVD for getting over in a way. <laughs> what? The WWE yes. would never do that. But this event also is them merging the former WCW title, uh, which was now just called the World Heavyweight Title, and the WWF title into be the undisputed title with a little mini tournament of Austin taking on Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho taking on The Rock, and then eventually Chris Jericho becoming the first ever World Wrestling Entertainment undisputed champion. I look back at this pay-per-view as one of my favorite pay-per-views of that era because I was a diehard Jericho fan long before he was the bloated corpse of Chris Jericho, you know, that that is currently has me blocked on Twitter. Like, I was a huge fan of the Cruiserweight run in WCW and obviously him jumping ship to WWE. And when this tournament was announced, there was no way in hell, given that roster, you know, like of who was in that tournament, that I would have thought Chris Jericho would be the guy coming out of that. And I remember just watching this show and 
it stands out as one of the few times that I was just shocked and happy with the results. And then they went and emasculated Jericho by putting him with Stephanie and, and the rest is history. But like, I loved this pay-per-view this and not in the match listings, but of course this was also the first of the uh, triple H. It's a beautiful day return videos. Okay. Yeah. That was Um, speaking of putting him with Stephanie and emasculating him. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it was a hot start, and Jericho could always say he was the first ever uh, undisputed champion. He could also say he beat The Rock and Stone Cold in one night, as he does say quite often. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also say this, uh, you know, uh, two things. One, you mentioned the bloated corpse of Chris Jericho, and I know that you said that he has to be blocked on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will have to remind you of this, Adam, and because you're blocked, you may not have known this. Uh, tonight we are devastated to learn that Fozzie will have to cancel their planned date with us in Swansea tomorrow. Uh, we received this message from the band at 9 p.m. this evening, and that's, like, whatever time we are here. Like, literally, like, well, again, it's a time difference thing. Chris was checked into the hospital by doctors with a non-COVID-related treatable health issue. Regrettably, the show on Friday is canceled and all tickets will be refunded. We hope to have updates on the Saturday and Sunday shows as soon as possible. So, uh, you know, uh, Chris Jericho got taken out by 3.0 or 2.0 rather so that he can go on a European tour and definitely not has definitely doesn't have COVID, but he's in the hospital. No, because I mean, obviously, Chris Jericho has been super cautious over the pandemic, not running shows at like Sturgis Motorcycle Rally or any of that stuff, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But that being said, um, these four guys, I loved all four of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even at the time, if you had said to me, pick one, who's your favorite of these four? For the same reasons that you mentioned, I would have abs- I absolutely said Jericho. Yeah. And this is one of those things of me having like some blind Mark fandom. You know, I go back to 1992 when I was at my cousin's house watching the Royal Rumble with all my cousins. And I was saying to them, Rick Flair's going to win the Royal Rumble and be the champion. And they're like, get out of town. Rick Flair stinks, this, that, the other thing. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, Rick Flair's going to win. You know, I knew Rick Flair was going to win. Months prior to that, when they had the gravest challenge of The Undertaker taking on uh, Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series for the title. I'm like, Undertaker's going to win because Undertaker was my favorite at the time. And I hated Hulk Hogan as a kid. You know, uh, yeah. I'm like, Undertaker's going to win and Undertaker won. And, like, all my cousins were like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And this one, I had a ton of people over my house. We're all watching this. And I'm like, Jericho's winning. Jericho's winning. They're like, no fucking way Jericho's winning. All my buddies are over. They're like, Jericho's not going to win. This, that, the other thing. And I'm like, I just know it, man. I just know Jericho's going to win. And it was one of those things, man, where, like, my blind Mark fandom paid off, like, three times in my entire life. (laughs) And if people witnessed just those three times, you'd seem like a genius, you know? Right, right. (laughs) You know, we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about uh, my predictions regarding Eddie Kingston and CM Punk from the pay per view a few weeks ago. No, no. <laughs> or Eddie Kingston versus Miro for the uh, TBS title, or any of the other times that my blind Mark fandom has uh, not paid off. Yeah, and I will just say one last thing about the 2001 Vengeance is that was one of my favorite WWE DVDs that I owned. 
And when the network first came out, I was like, I don't need any of these DVDs anymore. Everything's available on the network. This will never go away. This will always be available in its current form. No. So I sold that and obviously everything else for like pennies on the dollar. Oh, oh, uh, Adam. This is one of them that I, I, I still kick myself about. Yeah, if I had something on DVD or some sort of whatever, uh, I did not trust the network then, especially because they were fucking around with the music on everyone, you know? Yeah, well, the WWE stuff, it's not like they really tweaked much of the music from that, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's more the WCW Jericho stuff where it has this WWF theme that's just <laughs> odd. Yeah. Uh, so last but not least on this day in wrestling history, uh, in 2007... A non-season, quote-unquote, non-canonical Chikara event that took place at State College. Uh, This would have been the second of these events that took place. Uh, Notable uh, for this is the first appearance as Jerry of Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium as Vin Gerard. We talked a couple weeks ago. Uh, the match that he had with Chris Hero as Equinox, we lost his mask, and that would be the beginning of him becoming Vin Gerard. This was the first appearance, rookie appearance, if you will, of Vin Gerard. Ooh, uh, get this the, episode graded. Right. And uh, the main event here was Chris Hero versus Claudio Castagnoli, uh, which would end up being Chris Hero's last match in Chikara for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, if you know, you know. If you don't... You know, I don't know, maybe time heals all wounds, maybe it doesn't. Um, But this was a match that was supposed to main event the real season ender that took place at the ECW Arena maybe a week or two prior, but had to be canceled due to the prior match, which was Mitch Ryder versus Lince Dorado, mask versus hair. And Lindsay Dorado did some big flippy do off the top rope. And when he landed on Mitch Ryder, he knocked himself out. Mm. And like literally he was like snoring, knocked himself out. <laughs> but he was supposed to win the match. And like his family was there to see him. And like he wasn't moving, man, you know, but like he was making noise. And, you know, you can... You know, Judge Quack for many reasons, and I know there's a lot of people that judge um, him for this one specifically, but, you know, because it was supposed to be a hair versus mask match, and because Lindsay won, technically, um, his body was, like, Mitch Ryder essentially just pulled Lindsay on top of him for the victory, right? Okay. Um, So, again, we're talking about this as opposed to that, right? So, um... When they sent people to get Lindsay out, they put like a towel over his face and then took his mask off to make sure that he was okay. You know, one, obviously, to make sure that he was okay, but like you don't want to go in there, just rip the dude's mask off for the stipulation. Again, you make that decision like somebody's life wasn't on the line, but, you know, he was just knocked out. He needed to get out of the ring. He needed to get like kind of woken back up, revived, smelling salt. He definitely had a concussion. Shouldn't have been wrestling a week or two later, but he was. Concussions were different back in 2007, maybe. Yeah. We didn't know what we know about them today. They weren't um, as severe back then. Right. But the way that it was supposed to work was, um, you know, the baby face wins. And it's like the the Lucha Libre tradition is, is he gets the ones to like take the first couple swipes um, off of the uh, heel's head where they get their head shaved, right? Mm. Got to deliver on the stipulation. 
Lindsay <laughs> Dorado's knocked out. There's only one other person who's around who can shave Mitch Ryder's head. The director of fun, Leonard F. Chikarison. Oh, that guy got that guy gets a case of uh, book two good itis at that time. So, <laughs> so I kind of say to Mitch Ryder in the ring, I go, what the hell do we do? He goes, and I'm not going to do, I'm going to do my best Mitch Ryder impersonation here. He goes, got to deliver on the stip, but only give me like three swipes. All right. Okay. <laughs> so he sits down in the chair. Uh, he's like, he's protesting, protesting, protesting. And, and I'm like, you got it. I go, I go, I go. And I'm like pantomiming. I'm like, if you don't sit down in the chair, you're out of here. And he goes, we got to hurry this the hell up. Cause you could hear in the back from the locker room. Lince Dorado's family like screaming because they wanted to check to make sure that their son was okay. So he sits down in the chair real quick and he's like, make it quick. So I just go zip, zip, zip. I give him three zips of the hair off the front and he just gets the hell out of there, you know? (laughs) So I don't, I've never gone back and watched it. So I'm very interested to see how that one shows up. Um, That's on Jerry's internet wrestling emporium as well, but that's a, you know, Again, it was a different time in the world of professional wrestling, you know? Yeah, you know what? You include the link a lot of times, and uh, I never, ever, ever watch anything. Even when I say I'm going to, I might check that out. <laughs> yeah, so it's not the one that I have the link for in the show notes. It would be like the show prior to this. Okay. <laughs> and uh, since we're like recording the show, I don't want to pull it up or anything else like that, you know? Yeah, no, that's fine. All right, so let's get into what we liked and didn't like from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, you know, it used to be two and two, but who knows? I might have three and one. Oh, look at you, breaking the rules mm-hmm. just like me. I like it. All right, I'm going to mix things up, Joe, and I'm going to go first. And I'm going to start off with a like. All right. Joe, Luthez, Harley Race, Ric Flair... Harry Funk and Broski. That's right. Matt Cardona is in the NWA and he's coming for the 10 pounds of gold. Uh, it's honestly, it's about time that somebody put some relevancy on the NWA. I didn't even know it was still a thing. Uh, last time I saw the NWA, I think Dan Severn had the belt or maybe uh, Aztec Jeff Jarrett. I'm not sure, but apparently it's still a thing. Broski's going to win that belt, save the promotion. Uh, I will not watch any of it short of clips that I see on Twitter, uh, which is really all I need for most of this stuff. But I am happy that the belt collector is going to have something else to put on the detolf behind him. Uh, it is just a shame that Ring of Honor shut down before Broski can go and save that promotion, too. But well, uh, yeah, another I don't promotion. know if you saw the news. Their champion, Bandito, um, Tested positive for COVID and isn't going to be able to be at final battle this weekend. Uh, You know, poor Chelsea's already in Ring of Honor. Just uh, another plane ticket for Broski. (laughs) And he could be the last ever Ring of Honor champion. Oh, that would be... That would drive pretty much everybody who's listening to this podcast insane and i would love it i would absolutely i mean he's gonna be the impact champ in a couple weeks uh he's already the gcw universal champion he's the absolute and intense champion this is all working out well i like it um so i i think i'm i don't know if i said this uh to you but i definitely said it to someone um and yes listen whatever the deal with broski is is whatever the deal with broski is um, so I'll make two remarks here. 
Um, one, it was very of all the belts and stuff that Broski gets, it was weird seeing him hold that one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, that belt has been a bit tarnished over the last several years. I think also on this day in wrestling history, maybe like four years ago, was when Tim Storm lost the NWA title to Nick Aldis. So the legacy of that title ain't what it used to be. Yeah. Um, if putting it on Broski for a month or two gets them a little bit more high profile than whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and it's not even like there's a lot of people that have them all uh, maybe worked into a shoot regarding just the existence of Broski on the indies, you know? Yeah. And I like the Broski on the indies, like showing up at shows and doing his shtick there. It's every other aspect of Broski that I don't like. <laughs> so Broski is for like indie promotions as the rock is for like movie franchises. Instead of like franchise Viagra, he's indie blue chew. Hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true. Uh, all, all right. right well, let's. All right, let's go over to like, okay? Yep. Uh, so, from watching NXT Two Point Glow this week, uh, whether it be TakeOver, War Games, whether it be the main show on Tuesday, um, I was very happy to see finally, um, in a mul- multiple segments across both shows, them kind of giving the heel ball to uh, Malcolm Bivens. Uh, I really thought they were going to have a thing where Joe Gacy beat Roderick Strong. They didn't. Um, Malcolm Bivens got to cut a promo on Braun Breaker on the main show. He got to do a vignette in the dreaded NXT two-point globe parking lot and live to tell the tale. (laughs) Uh, So I make no bones about it. I'm very happy to see someone that I know and who's really good do really well. And however long he's been in the WWE system, like almost four years going on five, them finally saying like, hey, we have something with this guy. We should like let him run and do what he does, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that that's in my likes this week. I, I agree with you. The Bivens stuff has been great. I, I like the fact that he's not just in a real quick segment with uh, I forget the name of the tag team that he was saddled with when he first debuted uh, the two Indian guys. Yes. Uh, But, like, you get what I'm saying. So it's good to see him in a prominent role. My only gripe is that Bivens is obviously one of the funniest people, like, in wrestling. And, yes, he's been given a character and he's excelling at it. But selfishly, I wish he had a chance to shine in the, like, the humor role. You know, and I'm sure that'll come down the road, you know, whatever the next iteration of him is going to be. But, like, when I see him playing the the stoic leader of, like, a heel, badass, serious stable, I kind of, like, oh, man, he's very funny on Twitter. You know, so I kind of want that to shine through. But, you know, give it time, and I'm sure it will. Uh, yeah, again, it's range. Uh, he'll get to the comedy stuff eventually. And I think he it scratches that comedy itch, if you will, on social media. So yeah, uh, if he gets to be a super serious character on TV and he gets to get his jokes out everywhere else, then, you know, I'm cool with that. Sure. All right, I'm going to go with the like as well. And this is also from NXT. And what? this this has been uh, somewhat enhanced by some late-breaking news, but I originally had in my notes 
that my for, uh, second like was going to be the Johnny Gargano goodbye speech. And not because it was a great promo uh, and not because uh, he was attacked by Knock Knock, who's there, Grayson Waller. Uh, it was because of the fact that uh, I was under the impression that Johnny Gargano was leaving NXT. And it's looking like, based on the news that you broke to me right before we recorded, that he is officially gone from the WWE. So it is in my likes because it is one less reason for me to watch NXT. And I hope to see... Gargano maybe on some indies that I'm interested in, or maybe, you know, doing the uh, Brian Danielson run elsewhere. Uh, but I I really like Gargano. I've liked him since the look at my hands days where he was wrestling Tommaso Ciampa over and over again. Uh, I liked him in the way, and he was not a good fit for the paintball promotion. Uh, so I was happy to see the goodbye speech. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I can just follow up with Cora Jade on Instagram. So I don't need to watch <laughs> NXT. <laughs> um, so I was on Tuesday, I was told that it was unclear that he was definitely going to be taking time off TV while mm-hmm. Candace has the baby. Cause the baby's doing like two months. Um, then I had people asking me today if I had heard any news of the change and I asked around and I was away um, from social media for a little bit, you know, today, for a couple, two, three hours and some other stuff filtered in. And I came home to see that the word is that today is his last day under contract, which means he doesn't have like a 90 or 30 day no compete, which means technically he can show up anywhere at any time. Um, again, it'll be interesting to see where he shows up. I would guess, you know, he's probably going to be in uh, PWG's battle for Los Angeles sometime in January. Uh, you could speculate all you want that he's going to show up at Winter is Coming next Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Um, but I always like Johnny Gargano as an in-ring talent. Um, I didn't get that upset with everyone else did with the looking at his hands, like, why am I so violent nonsense <laughs> that he did uh, towards some of the matches in uh, in NXT that I was there live for the NXT takeover of him versus Andrade, which was maybe one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Yeah. Um, you know, I know John doesn't like me. Uh, he blocked me on social media cause I like to tweet somebody, you know how we would always come out with the outfits. I found the tweet that I liked that got me blocked by Johnny Gargano. <laughs> uh, you oh. know how Johnny would always come out wearing his like comic book inspired outfits. Sure. Yeah. And I think someone tweeted out that he was going to come out dressed like an like an actual Funko Pop (laughs) because he's a big Funko Pop guy. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. And I liked it. And it got me blocked. Oh, oh, that 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 hardly seems justified. Well, listen, some people's skin is thicker than others, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I still like him. (laughs) Listen, I still like him. It just, you know, I don't have to be friends with everybody, you know? (laughs) <laughs> fair enough all right i'm gonna go to dislike all right uh my dislike is from nxt takeover uh war games this past sunday uh adam you watched war games right sure i <laughs> definitely watched war games <laughs> i okay. didn't i didn't at all listen to just viewers choice and get my fix from that <laughs> okay uh do you have peacock uh, I do have the cock. Uh, what level do you have the cock at? Uh, I definitely pay for it. 
Okay. Uh, but I feel like it's like maybe $5 every three months or some shit. So I get ads everywhere. Okay. So I have the ad version as well. Yeah. Apparently, in place of the ads, the people who have like the higher premium end mm. got like extra vignettes on their uh, NXT TakeOver. Okay. Now, granted, they were bad vignettes. Uh, like the one with uh, uh, Jiro eating a lot of food and pooping, <laughs> uh, which is his new character. Apparently, he eats a lot of food and poops. Oh, all right. So I didn't that see that on my. I didn't see that watching it live because I was. I had commercials. But if you have like the ten dollar version of Peacock, or if you have like the actual, like if you use like a a VPN and you're watching the old school network in the United States, um, you got to see like. Other vignettes, like other little backstage promos and stuff, that was the most notable. Um, but I don't know. I think that's kind of shitty that WWE's not giving you the full experience of their their pay-per-views if you're not at the full end of whatever their streaming service is. That's kind of shitty. I can see where you're coming from, but on the other hand, it is NXT 2.0, Glow, so I don't mind getting less of it. <laughs> I say no excuses. Uh, yeah, no, I get you. Now, are these vignettes available on social media? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can find them all over social media. Well, what I get is, like, obviously somebody who has the WWE Network or has the, the premium can upload them, but is WWE themselves uploading them, or do you have to search them out? You have to search them out. WWE, is, WWE themselves are not uploading them. All right, see, I think that's a missed opportunity because that is, in a way, exclusive content that's yes. already made and doesn't cost anything. So, like, put that on the Twitter and whatnot. Put it on Tout. and <laughs> Right. But, no, I get you. But I, I did not watch War Games. I, I hear it was surprisingly better than expected. But, yeah, I'm not going to go check that out. Yeah, you're okay. You're fine. Yeah. It's my first takeover I've ever missed. Like, ever. I've seen every single yeah. one of them live or within the first 24 hours. And, yeah, I'm not going to go watch this one. Yeah, you're All right. right. Yeah. All right, Joe. I am going to go with another like. And when this match was announced, I was like, oh, here's an automatic like. I'll just write this down. And when I watch the match, I'm sure it'll be justified. But uh, from AEW Dynamite, Brian Danielson versus John Silver is my uh, my third like this week. Um, fun match. You know, you knew what you were getting going into it. You knew Danielson was going to win. But uh, Johnny Hungy, you know, obviously showcased his talents. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the ending, you know, where he just basically gotch pile drive Silver. And, uh, you know, the, the, the match pretty much gets stopped by Bryce. But... You know, this entire storyline of Danielson running through the Dark Order has been great, you know, doing it in all their hometowns. And it's cool to see John Silver featured prominently in a singles match, you know, and looking forward to Hangman versus Danielson this week. And I hope Danielson doesn't win, you know, but, uh, you know, that's a I love Danielson, but I think you got to have Hangman win here. But fun match, fun main event. Good for both of them. I like the match. Not my likes, not my dislikes. Uh, well, but I will tell you something a, that is in my likes. I was just going to say you're not a Danielson fan, but that's fine. Go on. No, no, I am. Um, I'm torn with whether or not he should win this this Wednesday or not. I, I think that if you have Danielson win this match, you've just fucked Hangman. I mm -hmm. think, like, 
Brian Danielson is going to not lose any momentum, any stardom, any pop, any boo by losing to Hangman. But if you have Hangman lose, not only are you justifying all those stupid WWE stands on Twitter that like, oh, AEW guys can't hang with WWE guys. But like all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're just basically saying well, he's just not good enough to hang with the top guys. And I don't like that. I agree. Um, again, I, I mentioned before my uh, my blind markdom would say Danielson should win. But, uh, again, it's not my money. It's not my business. Um, Danielson winning would screw Hangman up, and they've spent a lot of time building Hangman up. The problem is I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure out how we get this ma- – like how we get to a finish in this match. Do a time um, limit draw. I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking a time limit draw or TV time remaining or whatever the hell it ends up being, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can't it, – it's tough when it's too early for Hangman to lose – uh, Hangman can't lose, like, he shouldn't lose it in his first defense. You can't beat Danielson this quickly. Um, it's going to be very interesting television uh, next Wednesday, I'll say that much. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me get into one of my likes, uh, my last like, if you will. Um, my la- Is this my last like? Yes, this is my last like. Uh, and that would be uh, CM Punk's promo from Dynamite this week. This this was almost in my likes. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was uh, some concern in how the dynamic was going to be uh, in regards to them being in MJF's hometown. Um, Punk, obviously, was going to get some booze, and he did get some booze, of course. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he got booed out of the building. You're like, nah, he didn't really get booed out of the building. Um, he leaned into the Islanders a little bit too much, but he is a hockey guy, so I get it. Yeah. Um, but Punk went out there and told the truth. And like Tony Schiavone, essentially the rest of the night kind of backed him up and said that, you know, for the last two plus years of the existence of AEW, there has been no person on this roster, on this television program, who has been a, you know, the character on the television program who has been a bigger, slimier piece of shit than MJF. And that's who you cheer. And if that's who you cheer, what does that say about you? <laughs> now, granted, I may have said similar things in the past uh, when CM Punk was going to wrestle Eddie Kingston. And I said, if you're an Eddie Kingston fan, that says a lot about you. And if you're a CM Punk fan, that says a lot about you. Listen, that was just that was just work and talk, baby. I was doing a bit. I was a silly little boy, you know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I was 44 years old. But. Uh, again, Punk made a very good point. Um, he could have come out and gone full-blown heel, but he more or less just stated actual facts. Yeah. And these are actual facts that can be used in the hype-up video for when these two actually have their match. Um, for young Ed's hope, I hope it's in the Cle- at the Cleveland taping. Uh, but AEW is in Chicago the week after they're in Cleveland, so I don't think you're going to get that match Cleveland, sadly. Uh, I think you should just be happy. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe Josh Bishop gets uh, to squash someone on Dark or something, you know? Or he gets <laughs> to take a picture next to Wardlow to show everyone how small Wardlow is. Um, but the Punk promo was really good. Uh, the MJF stuff was uneven and confusing, um, I understand what they were trying to do, but I think uh, execution did not match 
finished product. Yeah. Um, people, people like MJF are going to like this regardless. I'm predisposed not to like the character. There's always glimmers and glimpses of who and what MJF potential is. And I think he's maybe the most uneven character in a major position on professional wrestling television in the last 15 years in that he hits like when he hits, he hits. But his batting average is, like, under 200. And the stuff that everyone praises is usually, like, like trash and, like, cheap heat stuff. And you could say that he's working me. But it's more or less like, oh, I know he could do better. I've seen him do better. This is, like, lazy. And obviously you can't go out there every week. And swing for the fences with your A material. And sometimes I get it. You got to go for that low-hanging fruit. But eventually that low-hanging fruit, run, or that low-hanging fruit runs out because it's so low-hanging. And then sometimes you're going to have to stretch. And then you might not be used to stretching. You're too comfortable going for that low-hanging fruit. Um, but like I said, the punk promo was good. Yeah, like I said, this almost made it into my likes uh, for all the reasons you said. Uh, I am always fascinated with the concept of a wrestler becoming or being portrayed as a heel or a babyface based on where they're performing, you know, because that harkens back to the Hart Foundation and Brett being babyfaces in Canada, but being booed out of the arena in the United States during that run. You know, so I'm always a fan of that dynamic. But on the other hand, I will criticize the MJF stuff because MJF is a guy who likes to see himself as living the gimmick. You know, he's a heel at signings. He's a heel on social media. So it doesn't make sense that, like, he would show up in Long Island wearing his varsity jacket and getting emotional on the ramp and not at some point, like, whip off the jacket and cut a promo about how, like, all the people in Long Island are trash other than him. You know, like, it seems out of place that he wouldn't do that move because it, it, it is just the obvious move. Um, so, yeah, I liked all the segment, but I do have my nitpicks. Right. All right, Joe. I have one last dislike, and I do want to preface this by saying it's not in my dislikes because of the person or because of any of the reasoning for it, because I don't know the reasoning for it. I'm just going based on a tweet that was sent out, and it is a very selfish dislike. And I'm sure you know where I'm going on this, but uh, Avery Good, professional wrestler, tweeted out last night. I'm not going to read the tweet, but basically that he's got 10 more matches left, and then he's hanging it up. Five of those matches are already booked and five of them are up in the air. And as somebody who over the last couple of years of you know doing this podcast has become like a super fan, selfishly, I want more, you know? So again, he's got his reasons. I don't know them. Uh, I'm sure they're very good, like he is with many things, but uh, I want more Avery good in my professional wrestling and I'm not going to get to see a ton of it. And I'm looking forward to the Let's Hang Out because that might be the last show that I'm at that he's performing at. So I'm going to get my Mark photo. But uh, that's it. That's my other dis- that's my dislike. Yeah, this, is, this was my other dislike as well. Um, I saw the tweet yesterday. I was, whatever the hell I was doing, I missed when it first came out. And, you know, obviously... If I slip and if I slip up here, I'm probably not going to go back and edit 
anything. Um, and, you know, I, I reach out to Avery and I, you know, more or less echoed the sentiments that I tweeted out in regards to it. Um, and if you look at some of the replies to his stuff, this is very much Eddie Kingston-esque. Uh, if you remember a couple of years ago when Eddie Kingston said that he was done um, and then he ended up getting the AEW deal, which ended up turning into an AEW contract. And then obviously Eddie is one of the best performers in professional wrestling currently. Um, I think uh, Avery has that same um, ability, and he more or less said the same thing, that if an offer comes on his door, that 10 matches might get extended a little bit further, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they did officially announce that he is one of the talents uh, that's going to be at the LVAC Let's Hang Out event on January 1st. Um, I don't get stooged off to any of the cards or any of the matches or anything else like that. Um, but I, when we are done here, I am going to text both the uh, matchmakers, and I'm not going to say that I'm going to bully them, but, but maybe next week we might have to, um, into doing uh, Avery Good versus Hollow Wicked singles match at that. Okay. Um, again, I don't know if that's what it is, but I certainly hope that that is one of the last 10 matches. Um, and I don't think he would mind me saying... And this was kind of like one of my things, too. Um, you know, uh, and again, uh, he's ha- he's been at the I've known him um, for this. This March is going to be 17 years that I've known him. Um, you know, I know he wrestled other places before, but it was really in Chikar where he got like that season, that polish and became who he is today. Um, and he was handed a lot of shit, man, and he made it work uh, better than a lot of other people that claimed to be a lot better than him. And he was just someone that kind of stuck it out and stuck it out. And he would be I, I know he don't listen to no podcasts, but he would be honored to hear me say that he was essentially like a Chris Candido type or a Kurt Henning type or. A, a Rick Rude type where like no matter what shit gimmick or storyline or anything that they gave him, he made it work and he went out there and had amazing matches. Um, but he's getting older. We're all getting older. He's got a good job outside of wrestling. He's got two young kids. And um, he essentially said to me, and this is sentiments that I can kind of feel. And I'm sure anyone else listening out there, who's a parent probably feels the same thing is that he wants to be able to spend as much time with his kids before they don't want to spend time with him. Mm. And, you know, his kids are younger than mine. I think his kids are like four and seven. My guy's 10. And, you know, there's day, there's good days and bad days where you don't want anything to do with his folks. And, um, and I get that. You know, it's a kid. He's growing up. I don't want to pressure him. I want to let him do his own thing. And I want to let him have his time with his friends. And I know Sean does, too. Um, And I'm sure the time will come where that changes. When his kids grow up, he keeps himself in great shape. And 10 years from now, when both his kids are teenagers and out of the house, we get to see another run of Avery Good, you know? And if anyone could do it, it's him. Oh, hell yeah. you know, I, I selfishly said that I hope I get a chance to call at least one of those last 10 matches 
And with him being on the Let's Hang Out events, there's a very good chance that I'm going to get to. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of at a loss regarding it, you know? Mm. That's all. Um, But again, it's, he's, He's not someone who's giving up wrestling because he's not in demand. He's in demand. He's not someone who's giving up wrestling because some sort of personal thing or some sort of like speaking out nonsense. That's not the case. Um, He's not giving up because he's injured or hurt or whatever it is. He's making this decision to go out on his own terms. And there's very few people at any level of professional wrestling that get a chance to do that. And if anyone deserves to be able to go out on their own terms, it's definitely him. Yeah. And obviously you've known him for 17 years, as you said, I've had a few interactions with him over the last year or two. And, you know, I am an absolute nobody who has no business being backstage at a wrestling event. And he could not have been nicer to me every single time I've ever seen him, you know, and uh, I tweeted out, you know, yesterday or today uh, that my one and only goal of the next let's hang out is to get a Mark photo with him, you know, and just I'll, I'll let him know that. You know, even though I discovered him when he was Mr. X, you know, so I came very late to it. Uh, but I've been a huge fan since then. And I, I, I hope to tell him that and, and get a photo. So yeah, that was that was like three years ago. That's fine. And I always say that all the time, man. I'm not the type of person that is going to like chastise or call somebody a Johnny come lately. Like, I don't care if you were there on day one of a wrestler, a band, a TV show or whatever it is, or if you just found out about them today. Yeah. Welcome aboard. The more people that like the things that I like, the better it is for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's I, I was going to do a third dislike, um, but I'll just say this. Drew, who runs Beyond Wrestling, is a stupid person. And if you <laughs> believe anything that he says, I don't know, maybe you're stupid as well. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to blow up anybody else's spot. I'll just say this, that when my... And again, this podcast is a business or an opportunity, if you will. But when my business partner decides to go in for into business for himself, I can just hang my head and just roll with the punches when other people's business partners decide to go in for into business for themselves. They end up having to lose and spend a lot more money. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I'll just say. Uh, a lot of these people, I tweeted it out, a lot of these people, whether it be Drew or whether it be Effie or whoever else who think they're these super genius, creative, working people online sort of things, like I think they need to like ring a bell or have a special font for their <laughs> tweets where they're just joking around or in character or working an angle so people don't believe them. Like, after your seventh or eighth time of pulling this shit, I just don't believe anything you say, and I usually end up on the right side of things. Yeah, I, I saw the those tweets right before we recorded, and I was yeah. like, this is way above my pay grade. I'm staying out of this. And yeah. if, if you figure out the font that I should use when I'm going into business for myself or, or running a bit, let me know, and I'll use it as well. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, oh shit. I don't know what the one I use at the super secret science job, but it would be that. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, uh, I think it's now, uh, time to get into some voicemail. Oh, all right. All right. Now I don't listen to these calls, but we did get a bunch of calls. So, uh, let's start with the first one. This came in, this one came in almost immediately after, uh, the show, uh, like the show was in, like people had a chance to listen to it from last week, right? I'm sure. I'm sure it's just heaping me with praise. 
<laughs> Hello, my good friend, uh, Joe Sposo, and uh, that goober-ass goober that calls himself Vansky. It is I, Big Sue. Um, Vansky. Now, I'm not calling... I, I've given myself a little time to calm down from <laughs> to whatever bullshit take that was. But sometimes things aren't for you, bud. Um, Josh Prohibition was the perfect third man. Not just because he's local to the area, not just because he's a Cleveland legend, but because it made sense for the story. Um, J-Pro's been around a long time, and I, I know you don't always follow or haven't always followed the independent wrestling scene. But the guy's been around since, what, the early 2000s? So the crowd was excited about it. I, I don't know why it didn't connect with you. But, yeah, sometimes things just aren't for you. I would have ringed you out more, but I've slept since then. <laughs> have better Sounds takes. Once again, Joe, love you. Love the show. Love you all the time. Well, I, I will say uh, thank you for the call, Sue. Um, speaking of sleep, it sounds like you're still doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, now... Obviously, I had talked about last week not being a fan of Josh Prohibition being the third man, and I, I had acknowledged that if you are a longtime AIW fan, then you would pop for that, or if you're a longtime indie wrestling fan, you would pop for that. But, you know, you need to cater to your audience, especially the new eyes. You're looking to build your promotion and fill larger venues. That's the entire reason why you bring in Cardona and you put the belts on him. And then I listened to Wrestling Cheers this past week, what I like to consider the definitive podcast of AIW reviews. And, you know, I listened to these guys who know way more than I know. It was Summers and I believe uh, who's with, I don't know who was on there with them. I, I apologize. Um, but I mean, they both agreed that it wasn't the best fit, you know, for that mystery, uh, that mystery uh, uh, tag partner. So you know, agree to disagree, Sue. But you know, thanks for the call. I'll just say this: I may have been, uh, I may have been burying you to people and saying <laughs> that the only way you would have been happy if the mystery person was like uh, fucking Mojo Raleigh or something. <laughs> I would not have been happy about that. And and first things first, I believe it was Charlie Butters that was on with Summer. So oh, okay, uh, but. <sighs> No, I, there could have been a lot of things that would have made me happy, but I do enjoy the fact that you were burying me. Uh, I'm always a big fan of that, but well, listen, I don't know. Any, anytime that I bury you, it eventually comes back to you, just so you know. Oh, I know. I, I that's I, I'm all in for getting buried. <laughs> I do. I do most things to get myself buried, but no, I, I stand by the fact that prohibition as the mystery third guy was was underwhelming as somebody who's trying to become a new AIW fan. Understandable. And I'll just reiterate and say, uh, let's see how things play out. Okay. 
All right, next call, Pink Button. Oh. Hey, Joe, it's Ed from Podby and Bam. So I just watched NXT from this week. First off, Johnny Gargano completely saying, why are we even talking about this anymore? He's, he signed again, either. But um, Malcolm Bivens says he's lifting the weight limit for the Cruiserweight title. So does he mean, like, lifting as in, like, it's gone? Or lifting as in, like, making it higher? Because, like, I think it was, like, 225 at WCW. So maybe he's doing that? Can you, like, shoot him a text or something and ask what do you want? Because I'm, I'm confused and I'm worried. I'm very worried. I'm worried. I'm starting to think this WWE product is not for me. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Uh, it's just real sad. Ugh. They're going to ruin 205 Live, aren't they? Gonna ruin 205 Live. <laughs> well, Joe, so- he addressed you directly, so go ahead. So I think um, what he what when Malcolm Bivens says that that he's lifting it, it's not that they're increasing the weight limit from 205 to 225 like it was in like the WCW cruiserweight days. Um, I think they're just getting rid of it to kind of like make it like to defend against anyone. Not like they have like you know like Odyssey Jones wrestles regularly on 205 Live, you know. So any sort of semblance of things is out the window. Um, but I am gonna text Malcolm. I am getting. Lots of interesting texts here as it approaches 12.01 on this day in question. Um, but I'm going to test text Malcolm now, and hopefully I'll have an answer for Ed uh, by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the uh, what Bivens implied is that the Cruiserweight belt is going to be more like an X-Division title. You know how, like, in Impact you have predominantly your high flyers, but then like every once in a while you'd have like Samoa Joe going for it, that type of thing. It's, it's a style of wrestling and less of a weight class. That's what I assume too. But again, listen, I, if young Ed needs a question asked, uh, a question answered, I will uh, certainly ask the question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next call. Hey guys, Kevin Hellions here, math library calling in as expected, of course. So quick, question this week um adam mentioned many times that wrestling didn't exist before a certain point and he doesn't want to watch it and i appreciate all of the assignments that joe has given uh just so i can learn more about wrestling and joe is very much a font of wisdom for wrestling and i'm discovering so much new stuff and i feel adam needs to discover new stuff as well we need to go beyond his arbitrary dateline Nope. But how do you do that? Because Joe has suggested many great matches, and Adam just seems to have no interest. So I think the angle to take here is to expose Adam to some of the faces. <laughs> the face? Yes, the faces of women's wrestling in the past that are on shows that Joe then watch, wants Adam to watch for all their matches. I'm talking women like Height of Her Powers, Missy Hyatt. We can even go Medusa, height of her, well, maybe not height of her powers, younger version of it. Um, the It is a tragic story, but looking back, my gosh, Bond Angel is stunning, just so beautiful. And I feel like there's a lot of these women that would draw Adam's attention, and then we could all watch some other wrestling out of this. So just... uh. What do you think? And 
Joe, you're smarter than I am for this. Could you give myself and Adam some other suggestions of other women that we can look up as previous faces? Faces? Women dressing. I'll take my answer on there, guys. See you later. Uh, so, thank... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just going to say before you get into anything. Um, First of all, I was a fan of Missy Hyatt back in the day. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the date period was, but I seem to remember her and Polly dangerously, you know, having some interactions in the very, very early days of me watching WCW. But before you go and make any recommendations, I don't care who was around and what their faces looked like. I'm not watching anything before the the advent of wrestling in 1990. So I, I do appreciate uh, Kevin for attempting to get me to assign some sort of stuff like this to uh, Adam. But unfortunately, I'm not the guy for this. Um, uh, you know, most of Americans women's wrestling, quote unquote, prior to, you know, recent day, like let's say within the last like 15 years, has been pretty shitty. Um, you know, I, I get what uh Kevin is looking for here and there's some angles and some storylines and stuff with your Missy Hyatt's your Sherry Martell's and your stuff like that from the 80s and even early 90s you know the time before Adam started watching wrestling but like you're not going to find good wrestling in there um Kevin mentioned some of the jumping bomb angels versus the glamour girls matches and there's literally like four matches that made tape maybe five if you count like some random house show that got taped and is out there somewhere. But those are more anomalies than anything else. And it's more or less to say, like, holy shit, like, WWE was having people wrestle like this on their TV in 1987. And then it took them however long it was to get caught up. Um, Medusa's stuff was fine, but most of Medusa's better stuff is in Japan. And I will say I am woefully ignorant when it comes to Joshi wrestling. I'm not the person to talk about talk to about that sort of stuff you know i really wasn't that much of a joshi wrestling fan almost until like 2004 2005 and then i myself was watching a lot of older stuff um so i'm not really the one to recommend any sort of stuff like that but you know i i always say things like this there are women wrestlers out there if there's someone that you're a fan of today look at there you know once you get past the normal creeping on their social media you could probably find some of the people who inspired them um, and, you know, look them up. Uh, I know Dave Prezak is finally starting to get like the back catalog of Shimmer up. And there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, again, also another point that I'm also woefully ignorant on. Um, I wonder if it is on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, but there was a show from IWA Mid-South from 2004 that was called Volcano Go Girls, which is kind of like the primer uh the pilot if you will for what shimmer would become uh i say go check that out um you know whether it be you adam or uh you kevin or uh really anyone if you've never seen it you know that bit recently on the major wrestling figure podcast whenever swaggle was like thinking in his head da 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 that's the whole thing i heard during all oh, okay this. well <laughs> hopefully somebody listened <laughs> and right. first off, Kevin Hellions, man, like you were on my team, you're on my side, and you're trying to give me like work pr and, and pre 1990 wrestling work. How dare you, sir? Listen, <laughs> everyone wants you to acknowledge that wrestling happened prior to 1990. 
didn't. I don't know why you keep trying to pass off this fallacy. <laughs> All right. Next caller. Hey, Adam. Hey, Joe. This is Kevin Ford, former co-host of Ad Douglas Wrestling, just a couple weeks ago, in fact. And some sad news this week, possibly even in your dislike segment, that Avery Good, professional wrestler, has decided to quit the professional wrestling business. Very heartbreaking for someone like myself, who has basically been following him through, from the beginning, through all his different incarnations of wrestling, and really uh, seeing him uh, find himself as Dasher Hatfield, the later a very good professional wrestler. So I was calling to ask what some of your favorite memories or matches of his are, and I apologize if this has been covered earlier. Um, but I know Joe's probably been watching him since literally the very beginning of his career, and Adam has become a more recent fan, so I love hearing those different takes on his career. I want to chime in with a match that I think it's often very forgotten in his career, unfortunately, and that is from March of 2010. It's when he challenged Tim Donce for the Young Lions Cup in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is also where the Dasher Hatfield character debuted, so the crowd was very much behind him. Uh, for Joe's sake, this is also the show where Cesaro and Ares win the Campeona uh, de Parejas from the Colony. If you're going to check it on IWTV, it's uh, called Wit and Verve and a Bit O Nerve. It's honestly a really great show top to bottom, but that match especially was a really strong showing from both of those guys. I feel like it helped put Dont's Young Lions Cup, uh, like his reign on the map, really helped advance him into when he had his Frightener matches and such, and it was like, to me, it was a turning point where I was like, okay, this Dasher Hatfield guy, like he has the makings of being a singles wrestling star. And it would take the rest of the world a little while longer to catch up, but that's a match I feel gets really looked under the radar. And I'm sure you guys have other, some of his bigger matches, like his grand championship win and some other things you'll talk about. But that's like the very first thing that comes to my mind is like, all right, this is the match that really made him what he would become. So Check that out if you haven't already. Really looking uh, to hear what you guys, uh, your memories of him are. Thanks so much for taking my call. All right, you want me to go first? Yes. All right, I, I alluded to it earlier. Obviously, I am new to the uh, Dasher Hatfield slash Avery Good train. Um, I mentioned that my first experience seeing him live and really being aware of it was at the Let's Hang Out shows where he debuted as Mr. X. He was the the masked guy who was terrorizing Ultraman is Black with the baseball bat. And like that led to the, the Mall Madness show where they were on opposite sides of like a big tag team match. And then eventually there was the big blow off at Sokol's. I think it was the holiday hangout from like two years ago where they had like a tables and ladders and chairs match. And uh, that match was sick. So that was like I saw it live. It was the blow off to this feud that was going on in what is basically my home promotion, you know, over the course of a year. So I was emotionally invested in it. I, I was digging the guy. I was digging both guys that were involved in the match. But for whatever reason, Ultramantis Black was just more in my my consciousness, you know, from seeing him, uh, you know, in GCW at the Orange Cassidy show and like other places. So uh, Mr. Axe X slash Dasher Hatfield was just more of a, like, a, oh, shit, this guy is awesome. So I like that match, just seeing it and seeing the blow off to the feud and being a few feet away from them just falling through 
not quite gimmicked enough tables and uh, onto the hardwood floor and almost crashing through the ceiling tiles that were a little bit too low at Sokol's. It was just a great atmosphere and a great payoff of that feud. So that, you know, in my very, very small Rolodex of Dasher matches, that one stands out. Uh, so, like I said, you know, uh, earlier, and thanks for bringing this up, uh, Kevin, for a discussion about this. And again, I've been watching him, you know, since pretty much the very beginnings of him. And there's one that always comes to mind, and that brings me to two, uh, that it ends up that we're going to discuss. One is from 2000, both of them are from 2008, okay? So the way that the, uh, Dasher, every good character would be, he would start out as creator wrestler, and then when the Young Lions Cup tournament would come up, that's when he would debut the new gimmick. Then he would do that gimmick until the end of the year. And then as the new season starts, he would revert back to create a wrestler. Young Lions Cup time hits May, June. He be, debuts the new character and then and repeat. And then once they landed on Datcher Hatfield after, like, I think the fourth iteration of this, they did some sort of goofy gimmick where there was an explosion and his memory card froze and he wasn't able to change back to create a wrestler. So he was stuck as Dasher Hatfield forever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was in one of those in between times when he was create a wrestler and it was an event entitled Anniversario Ma MA uh, from May of 2008 in Framingham, Massachusetts, where create a wrestler took on Vin Gerard and uh, the match is like, seven minutes long and the two of them just go crazy for those seven minutes. Right. Mm. So that summer he gets the debut gimmick of Ultimo breakfast. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Ultimo, like Ultimo dragon, but it's Ultimo breakfast. And he's got like a whole bunch of breakfast shit hanging off him. His mask is like a toaster with the bread coming out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in, uh, August of 2008, at uh, the Chikara event, All That Glitters, uh, he has a match with Brody Lee. Now, obviously, you have Brody Lee, the big rig. He's new into this character, maybe like a year and a half doing this character. Uh, Ultima Breakfast is a complete goof clown character. Uh, but Sean decides to give it to him, you know? Mm. And uh, those are like the two glimpses that I saw. I'm like, Oh, he's, he's, he's got the fire inside of him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, if you go get a chance to check those two matches out just to see like, you know, literally like 12, 13 years ago, whatever the hell it was, just to see that, like that spark that you see today was always in him. And, yeah. uh, something more current, just to plug, plug, plug. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to pick up the October, um, let's hang out Halloween show. Uh, he wrestles, uh, Alex Shelley and, uh, hey, you know, that match is probably pretty good. Uh, and I would say probably it was really good. It was really fucking good. Yeah. And, and you know what? The more we're talking about Avery Good, like, it reminds me. I want to rewatch, like, immediately the documentary that was on uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. It was, like, a day in the life of yep. a very good professional wrestler. Like, that was just a really good uh, documentary. And, uh, you know, just all this talk about him wanting to be home with his kids. You know, if you watch that documentary this decision makes complete sense. You know, yep. it was just such a good watch. All right. Next call. Hi, Joe. Hi, Adam. It's David K, a.k.a. Whitney, a.k.a. The Sneaker Dean, a.k.a. Shoesy, a.k.a. The host of Hit My Music. Uh, I've 
just wondering, uh, I saw something on Twitter today, people were talking about Christmas episodes of wrestling. And I was wondering, do you guys have a favorite episode of a wrestling show or a, a favorite wrestling show that has something to do with Christmas or was around the Christmas holiday? Uh, I will talk to you guys later. I hope you're well. Have a great show. I feel like that's something that we don't get that much anymore. You know, like there was a lot of themed Christmas episodes of like Monday Night Raw back in the day, like during the Attitude Era or before it, during the New Gen Era. And I feel like you don't get that that much. You might get some holiday graphics or like a, a backstage like Christmas party brawl, but they're not really Christmas themed episodes anymore. You know, I think one of the last ones was when Mick Foley was there as Santa and a recently turned baby face Alberto Del Rio ran him over <laughs> with his car. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but um, I think. I was going to say the one that jumps out at me, and this is just probably the most easiest answer, and I'll get a lot of shit for this, but that's kind of what I do, of course. is during like the Attitude Era with the original run of DX when you had uh, the Christmas episode where I think like Shawn Michaels dropped the European title to Triple H at the uh, when Commissioner Slaughter made him defend it. And like for whatever reason, that was the height of the DX hijinks. And I was a huge DX mark at the time. So that just jumps out as a classic Christmas episode, but not for Christmas reasons, you know? Yeah, that was a taped raw, if I remember correctly. And it was like in one of the drag buildings because it was a taped raw. It looked like there was maybe like 50 people there. (laughs) And I'll never forget Triple H taking like those big steps when he was running the ropes. Yeah, because he was emulating uh, the Ultimate Warrior, wasn't he? Because he was doing the splash. It was just it was just kind of being over the top and exaggerated. Um, the other bits that I remember from that was when they were doing like the backstage vignettes to hype it up. Um, China was playing both sides against each other. Yeah, because they were hyping it up like it was this serious blood. Yeah, it's about to explode. <laughs> and then I think maybe like two weeks later was when WCW did the finger poke of doom, maybe. Mm hmm. Or no, no, it was like a year later, my apologies. And people are like, oh, how can people get upset about the finger poker doom there and they don't get uh, upset about this one when they did it? And it's like, there's a big difference between the WCW world title, which has its lineage back to the NWA title, to the European title, which had been introduced the previous May. <laughs> so it's, it's okay if they're going to play a little fast and loose with it. But again doesn't make it any better but it is what it is yeah what about you do you have a christmas favorite episode i do so you talk about back in the day they would do more of that sort of thing and on it had to be 85 uh there was an episode of tuesday night titans which was like the variety show that they would do in the world wrestling entertainment uh that would eventually become primetime wrestling that would eventually become monday night raw uh, there was a Christmas Carol skit with Roddy Piper as Ebenezer Scrooge. And uh, to say that Roddy, if there, I'll say this, Adam, you cannot say that there was any cocaine on the set <laughs> of filming this because Roddy Piper may have taken care of all of it. Now, I'm not saying how he took care of all of it. <laughs> but uh, it's a very 
a very heightened performance by old Hot Rod. And even as a seven-year-old watching World Wrestling Entertainment at the time, I'm like, huh, this seems a little strange. He's <laughs> acting peculiar. Yeah. He's been eating all the Christmas candy. <laughs> he certainly has. And there's a yeah. bit in there about him taking all the scotch tape so they can't wrap the presents now because there's no tape because he was Scottish. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Um, I think it exists. If you just like search like Roddy Piper Christmas, you'll probably find it. Oh, and speaking of which, Roddy Piper and Christmas. Uh, speaking of Roddy Piper, speaking of Christmas, speaking about primetime wrestling. This was 1990, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- no, uh, ew, no, 89. My apologies. 89. Uh, the era of primetime where Bobby Heenan was in one studio and Gorilla and Roddy were at another. And uh, <laughs> uh, Bobby Heenan's dressed as Santa. And Piper is taking Christmas very seriously. And the episode ends with... Uh, uh, Bobby Heenan saying uh, to the kids that there is no Santa Claus. And then Roddy Piper flips out and beats the shit out of Bobby Heenan dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that one's on YouTube as well. Because uh, I was going to say, if you search Roddy Piper you- Christmas, I'm like, oh, you find the TNT skit. I'm like, oh, and you'll also find the other one of him beating the shit out of Bobby Heenan dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> um, so Roddy Piper is very tied to wrestling Christmas. Yeah. And the, the more I was thinking about it, la- just last year was probably the last, you know, just stands out the, the Johnny Gargano Christmas segments on NXT when NXT was good. When he yeah. uh, he bequeathed uh, Indy Hart- Hartwell with the wrestling last name. So she'd be called Indy Wrestling. And it was all him professing his love to Candace, but he was really looking at the North American title the whole time. Uh, right. Those were great segments, aside from one of the people in the clips. <laughs> yeah, less said about him, the better. Yeah. All right. But all thanks right. for the question to Wiki. Yes. One more call. And it's another pink button. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Hey, it's that again. Uh, real quick, uh, who did both of you vote for in the A show? Uh, me or Tim? Uh, I voted for Tim. That main event was very good. It was very well thought out. Um, much more thought out than mine. So, just want to know uh, who you guys voted for. Bye. So, yeah, uh, Tim and Ed competed against each other on the A show. Uh, did you get a chance to listen? I know it's a bit of a sore subject for you. So I do still listen to the A show. And by the way, fuck the A show. Uh, (laughs) Partially because like with me not being in the tournament, they can use every download they can get, you know, so I still throw them a quick download and I listen to it. Uh, So, yeah, I did listen to that episode uh, of Ed Cody versus the guy who took my spot, Tim Taylor. Uh, Some would say that he may be, you know. Um, uh, owned it and earned it, but you know, who knows? Yeah, if by earned it you mean like lost every match he was involved in, sure. I guess that's right. one way of earning it. Yeah, but okay. Answer the question uh, if you feel comfortable saying who did you vote for in that matchup? Uh, I do. So I did listen when I saw that it came out, and it came out late. Um, I did bump it to the top of my list because I knew that it would be a uh, topic of discussion here, right? Hmm. And they both had really good drafts. I know Tim, had, and I think Tim had also lamented on Final Wrestling Place this week 
that they kind of had like the format changed up a little bit on them. Um, yeah. lit- literally the morning they were set to record. So that may have threw them off. But again, I say no, no excuses. You got to be ready to roll with the punches, right? Mm-hmm. And I will say, um, talking to Ed, and I know Ed won't learn his lesson, <laughs> but some would say that maybe doing something that takes concentration <laughs> and remembering things and fixing a fish tank at the same time is not a great mix. <laughs> uh, that being said, of course, Ed booked the show that he wanted to book. I did like the idea of him saying like, oh, I told them to go out there and have a, a good match. I told them to go out there and do this, that, the other thing, like he was a good booker. Um, he did freely admit uh, that he did have more planned with making fun of Gabe throwing temper tantrums um, on commentary, but he may have forgotten for reasons. <laughs> um, and of course, his hero, CM Punk, uh, rightfully so, comes and saves Ring of Honor. Uh, all of that was very well done. However, Tim did the thing that I would have done, which is not the very specific thing that he did, but the more or less thing of, I'm going to book something and all the pieces are here from the very moment I start my card. Maybe you figure it out on match one. Maybe you figure it out on match two. Maybe you figure it out when the last man comes in in the main event. Or maybe you figure it out when the lights go out. The lights go out. (laughs) But the whole thing makes sense. And it's building to something bigger. And I would say it's because I guess they did the thing where and, you know, obviously I, I have my issues and concerns sometimes on how this gets run where there was a bunch of undrafted free agents that ended up being drafted off air. So when they show up on Tim's thing, and I'm like, well, I don't remember Tim drafting those guys. And I was like, oh, that was done in the undrafted free agents that took place off the air. And I'm just like, I'm trying to keep track of this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not fixing a fish tank and you're making it tough, right? Yeah. But as soon as I hear who the Ring of Honor team ends up being, I'm like, huh. Sure is a lot of TNA guys on that team, huh? And, of course, his mystery person uh, being Slappy himself, the chosen one. um, I would say one of the premier members of the Four Horsemen himself, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Um, And then Jarrett never shows up. And I'm like, oh, did Tim forget? I go, Tim's not fixing a fish tank. I know he remembered. Uh, But when they did the reveal to pivot from Ring of Honor versus CZW to Ring of Honor versus TNA, I was like, brilliant. This is fantastic. And I had to vote for Tim on this one. All right. So uh, I will say that Ed's show or his presentation, his episode was very good. I enjoyed it. I think I might have enjoyed it more than like the, the uh, what was it? Wrestling Society X that was the previous round. And Tim's show was very good as well. Uh, I did obviously pop for his Vansky-inspired The Lights Go Out segments. Uh, you know, copy an A, get an A, as they say. Um, but yeah, I did not see the TNA thing coming. You know, I feel like that's straight out of my playbook. And, uh, you know, it was under my radar. You know, when it happened, I popped for it. Uh, I think there were two very good shows, but uh, I as well voted for Tim. Uh, so... We will find out this week, of course, 
right now it's 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 closer than you would expect. Anyone, it's really anyone's ball game. Uh, with only 44 votes cast, uh, Tim is in the lead by about 57% over Ed's 43. Um, and the voting is still up for another three days. So if you're voting with the line of the show, go vote for Tim. But I recommend listening to the show, even though we spoiled it. Um, it really is anyone's uh, game at this point. Uh, this Monday, we're getting uh, David Kincannon, regular caller to the show, uh, the Jingle Meister, etc., taking on the boar and uh they are doing 2008 chikara if i remember it's definitely chikara i don't remember what year i think it's 2008 um some one of the two participants may have contacted me to ask for assistance oh, i'm not gonna booking committee uh, i am not gonna i'm not gonna put their business out i'm just gonna say one of the two may have mm, uh I, purely I, purely speculation there well, uh, obvious who that person is, because I feel like <laughs> one of them is somebody who has a mind for the business. The other one is one of your yes men. So I wonder who <laughs> would have reached out to you. Uh, man. I, no comment. No comment. It really could have been anyone. Um, so uh, there's no pay-per-views for a while, so we get to do some homework, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it's my turn. Uh, hopefully no one's following along and paying attention, uh, to <laughs> yes, assign homework. Definitely your turn in the rotation. <laughs> so this time we're going to do like a shortened Chikara show. Okay. Um, we're going to do the Chikara event from Cleveland. It's been a while since we did things. Of course, we remember watching the Chicago show a couple of weeks ago. feels like it's almost been a month. Jesus Christ. Um, so it's going to be bits and pieces of the Cleveland show. Uh, that Chikara did the night after Chicago. Uh, the link to the um, event will be in the show notes with this episode. But the only things that we're going to be watching is the opening segment, not a song, but a 10-bell salute for uh, Sapphire the Feral Pigeon. Oh. Uh, Quack and Jigsaw against the Shard and Deviant. Uh, the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger taking on Mr. Touchdown. And then uh, Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor taking on Sugar Dunkerton and Icarus. Okay. Now, if you want, and now, okay, so if you want a more in-depth discussion or so forth or review of that show, you could listen to my appearance when I was on Board to Life over the summer where uh, the Weirdster and uh, Alex Worldwide Keller – you know, they were at that event. I was at that event in a professional capacity. We kind of talked about our individual experiences there. There are some stories that I will still tell, again, without having to watch the entirety of the show. Uh, but there are four event centers uh, that you need to watch that are the build-up to the next Chakar event that I will be assigning. Um, one is Wink putting his team together. Uh, one is Kevin Steen putting his team together. Uh, another one is an event center from Bryce just kind of running down the card for the next thing, which is a Cybernetico. And then the last bit is a uh, very short promo from another very famous wrestler that knows a thing or two about the animal mascot that they bring to the ring in a bag being mm-hmm. decimated by their heated rival. Oh, okay. So these YouTube uh, things are after the four segments that I'm watching from the show proper. Correct. Okay. So and they'll, they'll all be included in the show notes uh, with this episode. 
Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Easy. I like it. All right. Uh, so, uh, do we even talk about the uh, NFL pigskin pickums at this point? Yeah, is it a is it a moot point at this point, Adam? Do I just delete the bookmark and move on with my life? Unless I make a surge in the rankings, I think we're good now. I am, I believe, tied with Todd, and I'm a few spots ahead of Marcus, so I'm happy about that. But oh, take... look at me! I'm I've moved up to 29th place. Oh, look at you! Look at you! Yeah, I believe I am uh, in fourth place. Uh, yeah. Fourth place. That's not bad. Marcus is in ninth. You know, I guess that's all right. I guess, you know, if you're not going to be on a helmet podcast, you can be bad at pigskin pick them. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to I'm going to when he DMs me about this, I'm going to uh, forward them to you. OK, <laughs> that's fine. We were both we were lamenting about some Yankees moves over the last few days. So uh, he could he could message me if he wants. Are they moving to Las Vegas now too? No, they're just making making bad uh, office moves. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, uh, skip the pick 'em. No, nobody else join. Don't don't. And if you are ahead of me, just maybe take a week off for the holidays. Yeah, don't forget. Don't 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 do your picks. Yeah, or if you make your picks, do them quickly and don't pay attention to whether or not it says saved. <laughs> right. Uh, so plugs. Um, of course, we mentioned a couple times here. Uh. IWTV, uh, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Uh, They have just announced the nominations for the 2021 IWTV Independent Wrestling Awards. And the uh, categories here are Wrestler of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Moment of the Year, Match of the Year, and Breakout Star of the Year. Uh, Now, obviously, we're going to, when the nominations are out, we're going to actually do the company line voting. Uh, but any thoughts for you on the um, the voting for this of who you'd like to nom- nominate for any of these? Yeah. And obviously you and I can both nominate our own individual. Certainly. People. We're just going to toe the company line when it comes to the votes. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I actually I have my bracket filled out or my, my picks filled out. I just have yet to hit the nominate button. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Do you want to go like one by one? Cause I already have a pick for each one of them. All right. Let's go one by one. All right. Right off the top 2021 wrestler of the year. Uh, I had to kind of go outside my comfort zone on this one, you know, just go with somebody that I don't necessarily talk about a lot, but I feel like they were the hands down the, the best indie wrestler of 2021. And I'm going to go with Matt Cardona. So you make a really good case for it being broski, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but the problem is, I don't think that the, I don't see Broski getting on this list. I don't know if enough and, people vote, you know. Uh, so my uh, nomination is going to be uh, Avery Good. All right. I feel let like him, Avery... let him have, uh, maybe get on the ballot for wrestle of the year for 2021 and uh, hopefully win the award kind of to close out his uh, illustrious career as an independent wrestler. All right. And in case uh, this is an automated system, I suggest you spell Avery correctly on your, your nomination. Oh, okay. Cause I'm looking at your screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 2021 tag team of the year. Uh, this one's tough for me. So when in doubt, I go with my twinsy and I'm going bulking season. <laughs> Okay. 
Um, so I'm gonna say for for my pick, um, just because they haven't had the amount of singles matches that I've seen, but maybe the amount of tag matches that I've seen, uh, I'm gonna go with Dom Greeny and Kevin Koo with Violence is Forever. Uh, they they won the award previously, uh, the last two years, and I say let's give them a three peat, huh? All right. I, I'm not trying to start any shit, but did they have matches this year? They did. Okay. All right. Because I just didn't know with kind of like Dom being out for a while and, and whatnot. Right. All right. 2021 moment of the year. Now, Joe, this category suffers with the fact that uh, a certain promotion has a very public disagreement with IWTV. So they are not listed as a promotion. Uh, That's true. So I, I cannot choose a certain deathmatch between a a deathmatch king and some other guy. So that actually hurts my next two things. Uh, So for 2021 moment of the year, I am going to take from AIW one step ahead. Uh, Broski wins the absolute and intense championships. Oh, come on now. What is the moment of the year? Now, I don't know what show it happened on, and that's uh, a bad person for me because I'm bad at show names, right? Yeah. Um, But moment of the year, uh, my pick is when Eddie Kingston made his return to AIW this year. Okay. I I feel like it because they have them listed in order. Was that – I'm going to sound bad when I say this. It's Sunny Days maybe or – I don't know. Might have been Sunny Days. Yeah, just Justin could edit this so that I say the right thing. No, no, no. I'll I'll figure it out <laughs> later. I'm not hitting nominate until we're done, you know? Fair enough. Um, so for match of the year, like I said, I could have very easily put in the the Nick Gage uh GCW match. And I can't nominate Elvac either. I can't go and say Avery Good versus Alex Shelley, because for some strange reason those they're still not in 2021 on independentwrestling.tv, so I'm going to have to go with Cardona versus Bishop one step ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to differ uh, from you a little bit here, and I'm going to go with, uh, as I'm looking for them on the list here, uh, the Time Bomb Pro uh, event of uh, Dom Garini taking on uh, Minoru Suzuki. Okay. All right. And lastly, as long as I didn't skip over anything here, we have the 2021 Breakout Star of the Year. And I'll just say this, as uh, the little description here says, this award is given to the wrestler who has, for the year 2021, significantly established their profile to wrestling fans around the world. Uh, And I'm going to have to go with Matt Cardona. (laughs) Um, You're... You had a very one-track mind here, you know. <laughs> well, it is the, the it was the summer of Broski, and it's it's now the fall and winter of Broski. So, uh, gotta go with the hot hands. So uh, I'm gonna go with an AIW stalwart, uh, someone who has kind of come and gone in AIW, but he kind of made a return uh, this year during the Go for Broke tournament. And just has had moment after moment, match after match, uh, fright after fright. And you pick Broski. And uh, while Broski may have his eye on Stiffy McGee, I would say that the person that he better keep an eye on is Kaplan. Okay. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. 
speaking of AIW, my, my runner-up for Breakout Star of the Year was going to be Josh Prohibition because I had never heard of him, and he seemed like, you know, just this guy who, you know, was just showing up out of nowhere. So, like, I was like, oh, he must be a rookie, but I'll stick with Matt Cardona. Um, yeah, I disagree <laughs> with you on that one. Oh, uh, that was just a needle stew. He's probably screaming at his uh, his podcatcher. <laughs> So I think is the the Kingston Dom match was actually from the April 30th show. Is this something you might be interested in? Yeah, I mean, that's it, again, it sounds right. I I, I did not. Uh, there's only so many AIW shows that were either running, number one, yeah. or that I got a chance to watch. And that that is one of the shows that I watch. So, yeah. All well, right. Okay, so you know, it, it was kind of nestled in between go for broke. That's why I didn't see it. Right, and I'll hit nominate and send all those out later when we're done recording here. Oh, shit. I just realized I had them all pre-filled out, and when you hit nominate on one of them, it clears out all of them. Oh, okay. So uh, anybody who's filling out your nominations, just know uh, do one of them, hit nominate, and then do another, hit nominate. So I got to sit here, and I should have just cut and paste Matt Cardona, save myself some time. (laughs) Right, of course. (laughs) Um, but yeah, go, uh, well, I don't know how long the, uh, nomination process is for, oh, okay. So it says here nomination is until next week. Uh, so get your nominations in the top four in each category, uh, will be put up for a vote and everyone will get their award. Um, head over to our T public store, tinyurl.com slash longbox heroes. Uh, everything over there is 30% off until the 19th of December. So there's still plenty of time to get your Christmas shopping in. Uh, another way that you can help out the show, support us is making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click through. Uh, you could find our affiliate link in the, uh, show notes for every single one of these episodes. Uh, they, Amazon call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases uh, from the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased a Funko Pop of Kate Bishop from the current Hawkeye television show. Uh, Somebody also purchased a Funko Pop Star Wars Across the Galaxy of Grogu. And then another one of the Mandalorian holding Grogu, which comes with a pin and the Mandalorian has a uh, chrome finish. And I'll say that's a real nice looking Funko Pop. And if I wasn't in the middle of a, my own Funko Pop for Urge, <laughs> I'd probably pick that up. No, no. Uh, my friend is doing that Funko Pop a day thing. And I'm like, oh, shit, let me round up all the Funko Pops in my house. I'm like, oh, I got 19 and all of them are unboxed. So, uh, <laughs> well, I will just say, Joe, I'm going to pull up the Funko app right now. <laughs> and I want you to, uh, and just give me a second before you make a guess, but I have right in front of me a total of the Funko Pops that I have. And keep in mind that for whatever reason, I do own two Funkos that are not reflected in this app. Funko is very slow with updating the app so that you can add stuff. So whatever this number is, add two to it. But what would you like to guess is my Funko Pop total as of December 9th, 2021? Let's say 350. Uh, you're going to have to add significant numbers to that. Keep going. 500? A little bit more. <laughs> 700? 
No, no, I said a little bit more. 521, so technically 523. It's far too many. It, it, I, I agree with you completely. The purge uh, will happen any day now. And one of the things I recognize is since uh, there's some changes to the tax laws starting at the end of the year, my my days of having all these opportunities going are coming to an end. So I'm going to have to stop buying multiples of things. <laughs> but yes, 521. I'll purge them any day now. But thank yeah, you that's to everybody not happening. Used our, yeah, thank you to everybody who used our click-through. Uh, anything else to plug here, Adam? Yeah, I guess there's some other podcasts you should listen to. Um, those podcasts include, but are not limited to, Longbox Heroes, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, Viewer's Choice, IWTV Guide, Hellions Talks, The A-Show, you know, fuck The A-Show, and uh, Pod Van Dam, and I, I just wanted to real quick say this is myself saying this. This is not Joe. This is not the podcast. But uh, if you're tired of uh, a certain podcast censoring your voicemails and uh, maybe banning you from calling in to their voicemails because they don't agree with your your perspectives on things, call us instead because we are all inclusive. We won't censor you for having uh, what we perceive as a bad take. Uh, but yeah, call call at odds with wrestling and not this other podcast that I may have just mentioned. <laughs> right. I, uh, I, uh, don't listen to the voicemail beforehand. So, you know, you could be calling in with horrible slander and all sorts of racist <laughs> comments and, you know, I'll never know. And I won't, I won't edit it after the fact either. <laughs> yeah. The, the cancel culture on, uh, some other podcasts is becoming out of hand. <laughs> You know, I was talking to someone this week who was soft canceled, and uh, they said being canceled is not that bad. <laughs> Would it get me out of podcasting? Uh, get you out of a lot of things. Ooh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll try like a, a very, very soft canceling, maybe. <laughs> no, nothing real. You'd still have to go to your actual job and actually pay your bills. Um, you know, but uh, pretty much any of your online uh, interactivity would be completely uh, done with. Oh, no, I'm going to stop getting two likes per tweets. How will I ever gain that cloud again? Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for the proper show, Joe. All right. Oh, boy. And there's nothing more proper than this. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. will be bought. <laughs> oh, it's DeWiki's best work. I mean, hands down. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think the most recent uh, version of the Does Joe Know the Card is the best. Yeah, it, 1A and 1B, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I uh, I have no weekly purchases. Luckily, I avoided having to get a new dryer. So no yeah, weekly I, purchases I, this week. I heard the build up to that because uh, I listened to After Dark in the proper listening order. So uh, congrats on not having to replace that. Yeah, very, very much like the daughter in Christmas Vacation. 
Uh, felt my dryer fell down a well. Stopped being hot. Got <laughs> kicked by a mule, and it's uh, heating up clothes again. I don't know. I didn't do nothing. It just decided <laughs> to not do it for a couple days, and now it is. So <laughs> that's good. Po- that's the power of positivity, is what did it. That's right. I'm like, boy, I hope I don't have to fucking get this replaced. <laughs> and it just started working. Yeah. All right, Joe, I have a couple things. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to have to carry this segment like I always do. Um, I have a couple Star Wars figures that I picked up this week. Uh, Amazon has an exclusive black series of figures that are based on kind of like the painted artistic look of figures from the end credits of Mandalorian. You know how you get the storyboards at the end of Mandalorian? Yeah, okay. So there is an Amazon exclusive uh, Mando figure that – it's on, it's one of the black series that's on a card, which I'm not crazy about. I prefer the ones that are boxed, but it's just really cool just with the uh, exaggerated color scheme. Give it, you know, I'll, I'll send you a picture, but cool as hell. It was on Amazon in stock, which number one is a rarity, and number two it was on sale. So I picked that up. And speaking of Star Wars... A buddy of mine loaned me a video game like months ago called uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and I've been putting off playing it for a long time. I decided to kick it into the my PlayStation 5. Shout out to uh, Brett, my PlayStation 5 buddy. But I, I popped it in uh, a couple days ago, and I've been hooked. So I tracked down a GameStop-exclusive Black Series of the, the main character from that game, Cal Kestis. So it's... Uh, you know, his his rookie figure, if you will. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while I go on a Star Wars kick. It's usually just Mandalorian. But, uh, you know, I tried out that new figure. I'm is, sending you the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, is that it? That's just two no, purchases? No, I was going to give you a chance to say something so I could take a breath. All right. I'm waiting for the picture to come in. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just sent you the, the picture of the Mandalorian one. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. Um, I am afraid though, uh, not for me, of course, uh, but for the fans of the things like this, that, uh, or Hasbro and Lucas and Disney and so forth are going to milk the Mandalorian dry because that's the, that's the only thing that's people like of star Wars in the last five years. Um, they're not doing any Cassian Andor multi-packs like this. Um, they're not doing, uh, Ray or Finn or anyone like that. Um, so they're going to, I think they're going to get to a point, sadly, where they've done as many Mando repaints and redos that they can. And then there's going to be, uh, no more water in that well. Yeah, I definitely, I, I get what you're saying. And I'm trying to establish rules when it comes to collecting, uh, Mandalorian figures, uh, my previous rule was to only buy boxed Black Series figures, but obviously just based on this purchase, I've already broken that rule. Um, and I don't know if you've you've probably seen it at our local comic shop, Comics on the Green. They have like the smaller three and three quarter ones that are like the retro series. Yeah. That, that kind of look like, you know, the old 70s Star Wars or the Power of the Force ones. I have bought a couple of those just, you know, because I'll see them. I'm like, oh, it's here. I'll grab it. Um so, like, I have broken the rules, but, like, when it comes to, you know, oh, my God, I missed it during the pre-order, so I have to pay the suckers premium, I will only do that for the the boxed versions of the Black Series. So, I do have rules for now. For now. Yeah. 
Um, went on a quick doll safari, or as Maddie Treats calls it, the lope loop. And uh, the, <laughs> the uh, only thing I found was I did manage to find a Chelsea Green Basic 122, and it was not the Chase. Uh, I will still find the Chase one of these days, but it is the standard one. So I grabbed that. Uh, but, you know, that's my really my only wrestling figure that I found on the wild. It's honestly the first figure I found in the wild in a while. I've been very dry when it comes to doll safaris lately. Uh, yeah, you know, you had a good run there for like three or four weeks. Um, what was that? Like back in like September, October, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think maybe just the, the holidays, I know target was running a gimmick where like they were doing like buy two figures, get a third one for 50% off or something like that. And I feel like that might've just cleared out their, their warehouses and Walmart's still just a trash shoot, you know, but yeah, it's been slim pickings in stores. Um, but one other thing I purchased, and this was in the major pod flea market last week, this is a little bit of a, of an up and down thing. Uh, the good news was I purchased a micro brawler of, <gasps> of Terry Funk. Oh, I thought you were going to say of someone's wedding. Oh, oh no, no, I didn't do that. I purchased a Terry Funk bloody micro brawler, uh, in the, uh, flea market. For under 20 bucks, I want to say it was like $18 shipped. So I was happy for that deal because, you know, I'd seen the prices all over the place. And um, but I was kind of just waiting to get one like really cheap. And so I saw the deal. I clicked, you know, claim, uh, messaged the guy. And I was like, huh, this name looks really familiar. I'm like, all right, whatever. Here's your here's your 18 bucks. And uh, don't think about it for a couple of days. And uh, a couple days go by, still no shipping notification. So mm. I messaged, I messaged the guy, and I realized, oh, if I scroll up in this chat, I have there's previous conversations with this guy. I had bought something else from him like a couple months ago. And Joe, what did you know? It a couple months ago, and I didn't bring this up on the show, but uh, I bought one of those Andre the Giant Funko Pops from him. Remember when I bought two of them, and you were laughing at me? I bought two from two different people. Yeah. So. I had bought one of them from from him, and a couple days go by, and I'm like, hey, bud, uh, uh, you got a tracking number for that that Funko? Oh, yeah, man, you know what? I just didn't get a chance to take it. Uh, you'll get it tomorrow. Okay. Next day, no tracking. Next day, no tracking. Next day, no tracking. So, like, nearly 10 days go by, and I message him, like, yo, dude, I need tracking, like, tomorrow, or I want my money back. Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. First thing in the morning, I'll do it on my way to work. I go, I work at like nine. You'll have it in the morning. So the next day, there's no tracking in the morning, no tracking all day. And then at like nine o'clock at night, I was like, yo, send me my money back or I'm putting you on blast in the the, the group. He's like, oh, no, no, here's the tracking. So he, say, he gives me the tracking and I end up getting it, you know, whatever, you know, no harm done. Uh, but it took him like 10 days to ship the thing. And obviously they have the rule in the Facebook group that you have to ship everything within two days. Um, so, hey, Joe, once you know what this Terry Funk micro brawler is from the same guy. And uh, today marks a week without it being shipped. Okay. Uh, I had messaged him on Monday. So I bought it last Thursday during the flea market. And I want to say like on Sunday, I was like, hey, did you ever get a chance to ship that? Oh, I'm going to, you know what? Tuesday. I'm off Tuesday and Thursday, so one of those two days, Thursday at the latest. 
okay. And uh, today, it as of this recording, it is Thursday at 11 p.m., and I still do not have a tracking for it. So what's the etiquette? What's the thing? So this is the second time this guy has done this to you. I'm yeah. sure you're not the only one. The rule is after two days, you're supposed to put the guy publicly on blast. The first time you let it go 10 days, this time you're already at seven days. So what's your next plan? What's your next step? Uh, honestly, I mean, maybe tomorrow I'll probably just message him and be like, hey, I need the track or my money back. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to put him on blast unless he re- he ghosts me or just like does refuses to give me my money back. Then, you know, as much as I hate snitches, but at that point, you're just trying to get rid of somebody who shouldn't be in that community. So I would put him on blast or message uh, the commish. Uh, but if he gives me my money back, then he gives me my money back. I'll just block him so that I don't accidentally, you know, claim something of his again. Yeah. You know, so that makes me wonder. Um, obviously if this guy has done this to you twice mm-hmm. and he's someone who regularly, regularly sells in the Facebook group, one would have to assume that he's had to have done this to at least one other person before. I would guess that maybe more than one other person before. How is this guy still around? Yeah. I mean, like I said, with the, in the case of the Andre, he shipped it. And another reason why I didn't really make an issue of it is I think I paid $15 for that Andre pop. And when he shipped it, he shipped it in a box that was way too big for it. And the, the shipping price on the box was like 17 bucks. So I was like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. You know, so like he lost money on this deal. So I felt bad doing any bitching, you know, but this is a micro brawler and this, you know, this should cost like three dollars to ship top. So, you know, uh, yeah, but I agree with you. He, he's definitely uh, screwing over people. Yeah, and and this is just the difference between me and you and other people, right? Um, And again, it doesn't count for weekly purchases, but I had to send something out this week, right? Yeah. Um, And I came came home, and I'm like, I need to box this up immediately. It's, it's, It's boxed up. It's packaged well, as far as I'm concerned. It's addressed. It just needs postage. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm like... I'll probably get a chance to go run to the post office on Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. I wake up this morning, and I'm like, fuck that. I go, it needs to go now. Like, I got it on a Wednesday. It needs to go on a Thursday. I can't let this thing sit for more than a day, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way when I sell things on eBay. You know, eBay gives you a week to ship something. Uh, No, Uh, man. Yeah, I get antsy. Like, I'll try to get out the next day, and I feel like a super slacker if I wait two days, you know? Yeah. It was it was easier when I left the house for work and I was selling more stuff like that or doing more transactions like that, let's say. Um, I could just leave my house like 15 minutes early, swing by the post office on my way to work and get things done there. But I don't leave my house, man. And like I'm taking my kid to school for the next couple of weeks, um, you know, and the where my kid's school is in the post office are in completely opposite directions from my house. But I'm like, I can't have this thing sit in my house for two days, three days, four days, because that's just going to become 16 days. Yeah. Yeah. And then people bitch that they don't get their shit and they leave you a bad feedback or whatever. So I just like to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I will probably tomorrow I'll message the guy again. Tomorrow will be, you know, what, eight days or, you know, less business days. I don't know. But, yeah, I think enough time has gone by. So okay, I might if, still be on a I might still be on a hunt for a Terry Terry Funk micro brawler. 
if the rules of the group is two days, man, you've given this guy way more than enough time. Yeah. No, I get you. It's just, you know, you try to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I shouldn't because it's my second go around, you know? No, fuck that, man. If I've never seen your face in person, I ain't giving you the benefit of nothing. Yeah. Oh, all right, Joe, that's it for, for weekly purchases, but I do have a question for you regarding me. And just that one is, question? Just one question. Uh, do I want to buy the major bendies tomorrow? It's the full set, right? It's You have to buy the full set, and it's going to be over 100 bucks. It'll probably be 100 plus shipping or something about something around those lines. Okay. Should you... Adam the man Van Volskenberg Vansky buy it? Or should you, a general normal person, buy it? Uh, well, me. And easy on the shoot names, brother. But uh, yeah, so should I, Vansky, the $100 Vansky, the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting, should I buy this four-pack consisting of Broski, Myers, Smart Mark, and Swoggle? I hate to say this publicly, but yes. Why is that? Because someone is going to come up in that line and you're going to FOMO it. Um, also, the fact that they have these in hand, um, you, knowing you, you are going to kick yourself if you don't get this. Mm-hmm. Um, if this was a I... normal person, like, say, me or Kevin Ford, just throwing two random names out there, uh, <laughs> pass 100% pass yeah not worth the time not worth the effort not worth the money out of my wallet a couple things like number one like they are dropping 200 sets tomorrow because as they said on the pod if you're not a poor uh you could have listened to it already uh (laughs) they have 200 in hands and then the rest are going to come after the holidays so like if i don't pull the trigger tomorrow I can still get them, you know, like after the holidays. So it's not like they're like super limited. Um, and I've said before privately to to you and Kevin Ford that I have no attachment to the Bendies. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's a, it's a line that I've I never owned any. I, I think that the the idea is kind of gimmicky, but at the same time, like I buy all the Broski and Card or Broski and Myers figures that they've had. Right. I've had the the Remco stuff, the Super Sevens, you know. Like uh, we bought the the zombie figs, you know, the pre ordered. They'll never see the light of day, probably. Uh, <laughs> so I feel no, like they're supposed to be shipping sometime in January. Oh, okay, yeah, any day now. Um, but yeah, so like I agree with you that like I'm gonna be like. There's going to be a serious case of FOMO. And, like, I kind of want the the smart mark, but I don't want the swoggle. And the fact you have to buy all of them, you know, is kind of, like, a turnoff. And they're expensive, which is a turnoff. But you're right, Joe. Next week I'll be saying I bought them. Like, who am I kidding? Yeah, I just want right. your input on it. <laughs> so, and again, just even looking at this from I am not the level of collector, period, whether you get into the broad scope of broad scope of collecting or the narrow scope of collecting of bendies or broski stuff or major wrestling figure stuff whatever right Mm. this is the first in a new line so these are technically rookie figures um (laughs) and i with uh swoggle being on wrestling cheers this week uh talking to summers about this the fact that this is the first little person bendy that's coming out uh, that makes it interesting and unique and so forth. 
um, Swoggle and uh, Smart Mark are never getting zombie figures ever. <laughs> this is true. So this may be your only chance to get like this grouping in these type of figures. Um, we don't know who else is going to be in the Bendy's lines. I think Danhausen is definitely, they did the pre-order for that two weeks ago. Did you do the Danhausen pre-order? No, I, I, you know, have really no care for Danhausen. Okay. Well, you have, uh, PTSD over Danhausen. I do. The, I do. Uh, <laughs> gender neutral monarch of Adams with wrestling tournament. But I was going to say, if you, Adam, had purchased or pre-ordered Danhausen, then we shouldn't even have been having this conversation because if you've already got one, you need you need to be in for all. Yeah. And no. I'll say this, worst case scenario, they have done a very good job of hyping up the importance of the Bendies. Christmas time, they're releasing the episode of the history of the Bendies. Um, and there, I think there's going to be a lot of people that end up watching that history of the Bendy's video and are going to get a lot of FOMO for missing out on the thing going live tomorrow. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's not like if you're saying with the idea being, I could flip them if I just don't want them there, they, everybody knows there's more coming in January. So it's not like somebody's going to go nuts to, to buy them off me in December, you know? Doesn't sound like you know the major marks as well as you think you do. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, I- I'll probably buy them, but I won't be happy about it, all right? <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll revisit this next week. Now, another question I have, have they mentioned or revealed if there's any chases of the Bendies? Uh, I... There has been no mention of that, but I do not believe so. There's, I think that that's something that they would have teased already, or it Mm. would have came up somewhere. And it's not really, there's never been chases in, like, at the Bendy's. There's been, like, variants and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't, if I was a gambling man, I'd say there's definitely not going to be a chase. I think you, you know your four that you're getting tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm just saying maybe alternate costumes or something or a different paint scheme. Um, or something they'll, like, yeah, they'll yeah. save the repaints for like future lines, you know, okay. you'll get different gear and stuff like that. And that's the thing. If they were doing them individually, which obviously they're not, I probably would have grabbed a Brian tomorrow, but I'm not getting the whole set. I don't, you know. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I would say, oh, well, let's go in on it. But it's like, I, I want the Myers. If I was going to yeah. get that, like, if I could only buy one, obviously I'd want the broski, but I, I want broski and Myers and. You know, so it doesn't do any good. If anybody wants to buy a swoggle, uh, slide into my DMs tonight. <laughs> but, all right, that's it. All right, well, good luck with your purchases. Good luck in the queue. I have a feeling if there's only 200, they're going to sell out. Yeah, oh, yeah, those 200 will be gone, but I'm not worried if I miss it. Yeah. All right, well, everyone, again, thank you very much for listening. Episode 168 of At Oz with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini. (laughs) of Podcast Network.